What's up, NBA fans, and welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, episode 70. We have made it to 70 episodes. Uh, as always, we are brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What's up, Luke? What's up, Nick? Crazy week we just had right here. Didn't think uh, we'd have one of these like this left in the summer, but crazy little uh, little couple of days we've had. Yeah, it's been exciting, man. Like two pretty like I mean definitely one blockbuster trade. I would I would argue two, and then another trade that has some interesting implications. Um, uh, a big signing and uh, some interesting news out of Philly. So yeah. A lot of crazy shit going on. Um, that just goes to show you, man, the NBA <clears throat> is never off. There is always awesome shit happening. Uh, it is the reason why it is by far my favorite sport, uh, professionally or non-professionally or anything else. It is by far the most fun to cover. That's for damn sure. Uh, Juwan's going to be joining us in just a little bit. He's just running a little behind. But let's go ahead and jump into the first topic, Luke. You were halfway right. <laughs> you basically said that you thought a dark horse, and this is, mind mind you, for our audience, this was maybe two weeks ago when we broke down uh, our, our talks about Kawhi. You said that uh, you didn't think the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Sixers were going to get him. You said a dark horse. Your, your pick was Milwaukee, um, but it ended up being Toronto, who up until – what, three or four days ago, wasn't even on anyone's radar. And then they just came on all of a sudden, and they were able to pull it off. Uh, the Spurs traded Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green to the Raptors in exchange for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Portal. Jakob? Uh, Jakob? I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Portal. <laughs> yes, Portal. Oh, yeah, it, it, yeah. I think there's a Portal, like a Portal. But I could be wrong. It might just be Portal. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, um, and they got a uh, 2019 first-round pick, 1 through 20 protected. So interesting trade. I mean, the Spurs basically said, you know, th- their kind of outlook on what they wanted in exchange for Kawhi was another star player. They wanted a young prospect or two and a draft pick or two. Well, they got all of what they wanted minus the plus twos. They only got one prospect and they only got one draft pick. But they did get the other star player. I mean, if if you're the Spurs and you're still wanting to compete, that's a pretty good deal, all things considered. Uh, and then, you know, if you're Toronto, you're basically putting all your chips in and saying, hey, we're fucking going for it. And if it doesn't work out, you know, we picked up two expiring contracts you know, we'll just we'll just start a rebuild. Um, I honestly, I really like it for, you know, the more I've had time to digest it, I really like it for both teams. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is easily one of the top 20 players in the NBA. And, you know, he's, I think he's going to fit in great in San Antonio uh, in their system, uh, you know, working under pop. He's versatile. He can play the two. You can plug him in and have him play the three if you wanted to kind of go that route. Um, he is, is I think, should uh, pair well with Aldridge. I would think so anyway. 
Um, obviously, the the biggest concern is is their lack of four spacing, but more in a sense of just they don't take threes. Like DeRozan and Aldridge are both really good at long twos, uh, which is not necessarily something you want, but it still cre- gives you the ability to space the floor. You just don't have that three-point threat. Uh, th- their game just doesn't space quite that far. But um, but no, I mean, he's a really, really solid player, uh, a versatile player. He obviously doesn't have the defensive uh, capabilities that Kawhi Leonard has, which I think is the thing that separates the two players the most. Um, but then again, you also get uh, Yaka Portal. Uh, he is a very young, promising prospect at the center position. They're really, they've been really thin at center. Uh, this is going to be a guy who I think can learn a lot behind Pau Gasol and eventually work his way into the starting lineup. Um, either that or he'll be your typical Spurs player and he'll play really well um, and then earn a, a contract that the Spurs don't want to pay uh, and somebody else will pay, it, pay him. The, the the money so this is a, this is I think a good position for him to be in and uh, the 2019 first round pick I feel like the only reason that would not convey is if if either Kawhi gets hurt or Kawhi just refuses to play but all indications over the last 24 hours are that you know essentially Kawhi's happy just happy to be out of San Antonio. From what I've heard, he's going to play. Um, there's not going to be any issue there. He's probably not going to stay, but he is going to show up. He's going to play for the Raptors. Um, and, and really quick, um, to Danny Green had some really, really nice words to say uh, about San Antonio and the Spurs organization. I encourage any of our listeners to go read uh, what he wrote about um, his time with San Antonio and uh, him thanking them. Uh, it was kind of refreshing to uh, have that little bit in there with, obviously, Kawhi Leonard, who's who's just pissed off at the Spurs, DeMar DeRozan, who's, you know, pretty much furious with the Raptors right now after after trading him. Um, but uh, it, was, it was a nice little thing. And then, you know, if you're, if you're the Raptors, you're just going all in. You're like, all right, we're going to do this thing. Like I said, if it doesn't work out, Next season, you know, you're minus a draft pick, which wasn't going to be a super high draft pick anyway. And let's say Kawhi walks. You don't re-sign Danny Green. You didn't give up very many young players, only only Yaka Portal in, in this upcoming uh, first-round pick. You you were somehow able to keep OG Ananobi, which I think is huge for them. I was very surprised that the Spurs weren't able to kind of finagle him in that deal. And... Um, and your other young guys, you still got Van Vliet, uh, you still got DeLon Wright, uh, Pascal Siakam. So, like, you've got all your young guys, you know, you just go ahead and rebuild if, you know, if they leave. And it gives you a bunch of expiring contracts in, um, you know, uh, Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas. So those, you know, become somewhat valuable. Uh especially, you know, for, for, you know, teams that, you know, maybe would not be able to acquire these players otherwise, or for teams obviously just looking to take on an expiring contract to 
clear to clear future cap. So a lot of good positions it puts the Toronto Raptors in. And, of course, there is always the option that they could flip Kawhi Leonard uh, for potentially something more if, if they just wanted to move DeRozan and kind of get out of his contract. I don't think that's the case. I don't think they would have done this had it just to do that. But it is a possibility, and it leaves that door open for them moving forward. Um, but anyway, Luke, uh, how did you see this trade breaking down? Um, do, do you kind of see it as I do, where you know you kind of like it for both sides, or do you like it um, for one side and not the other, or maybe a little more for, for one of these teams over the other? No, I, I, I like it. It took me a second, but once I really like looked at it, I was I was very surprised. I mean, what Toronto gave up, but then again, I mean, San Antonio got a really good package. I mean, they they could have went with young pieces and all that. They didn't want to go down. They'd rather go, you know, sideways or, or up from there. And they got a guy. I mean, you were saying top twenty. I mean, if you count all NBA teams, he's the top fifteen player, and they have two of those guys. Not a lot of teams have two all NBA players. They have two two of them from last year. And like you said, I think he'll pair very well with Marcus Aldridge as well. I think their games will not clash. Um, DeRozan's definitely every year he makes strides to his game. He's very passionate to the mm-hmm. sport. Um, I've read after his contract that he signed with Toronto, he immediately went to the gym. Not a lot of guys, you know, would do that, but you know, he went straight to work. He's very always uh, at work with his craft. So I like him there. He finally is in another system. Um, Casey's system was never bad, but I don't think it was ever a really established system. So I think this will help him, and maybe it'll help him defensively because he'll learn a very good defensive system. So you always feel, I mean, Brad Stevens has done it with guys. Like you said, Spurs always have their weird way where they make players good and then they have other teams buy them. So I can definitely see the, uh, like him increasing his value there. I mean, he's going to work very well with them. So Spurs, Spurs definitely – did well. I mean, if you think about it right now, top four teams in the West, you put in Spurs up there? I mean, last year, they only had Kawhi for yeah. 10 games. And I mean, what did they make? The fifth or sixth seed? And now uh, they're adding a guy. Want to say the fifth seed? Or, yeah. Might have been the seventh. Who did they play? I think it was the seventh. They played Golden State. Okay. Well, then, then they're the eighth seed. Oh, no, yeah, they were the 17. Never mind. Yeah, scratch that. Yeah, forgot that. Houston was up. So, yeah, so, I mean, but still, they did that. I mean, at the end, they're really they, – they could have been anywhere up as high as five. But, in the end, they're adding a guy who's going to come to their team, be really good for them. I mean, be able to score for them. So, they didn't – they're not going down. And uh, Jakob Poitel is, um, is going to be very good. Like you said, I think he'll learn a lot from Gasol. Gasol's going to teach him some things that he's, he's – you know, he doesn't know about the game. I mean, he's a very good vet. Gasol still has a little bit in him, but like you said, they needed a little bit of depth there, so they got that. And then um, the pick, I mean, I could see it maybe not conveying, but I really don't because the East is so weak, and I don't see the West being that stat heavy where there's like four or five teams that are better than eat, like the top three. Now, I'm going to put Toronto right now at the top three um, because, you know, they were a 61-plus team, and if they get – a glimpse of even what Kawhi's like. I mean, that's good. And Danny Green, I mean, very serviceable player. And, uh, I mean, 
you go into uh, the Raptors. I mean, they got to keep a lot of young people. I was surprised Van Bleek was not on there. I mean, you think of someone that's really smart and knows the game. I'm surprised Pop's not like, no, this is the guy. Like, we can we can negotiate other people, but this guy, he he's smart. He He's going to be very good for my system. So, you know, they got to keep them. Um, OG was I don't big. Think, another I don't big think keep. they could trade Van Vliet because they had uh, just – They would have to wait. Yes. You'd have to wait a second or do a siding trade kind of like weird thing. Yeah, uh, but I do. I was gonna of, say I don't know if I don't know if the ink was dry on the contract, so it is possible that it could have been negotiated as a sign and trade. Um, I, I do. I like. I. I. I mean, obviously, players can back out of agreements. I would think teams can too. It's just a lot more rare for a team to do it. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were saying. But, no, just, you know, they get to keep, you know, all their young players. If, 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 like I said, if they couldn't do that, they still OG and all of them. So, they, they keep that. Um, they get some, like you said, expiring contracts, even if anything doesn't work out. And then after that one year, I think Lowry's on his last year. Um, all three of them, Valachunas uh, and, and uh, Abaco, will all be expiring. So, those are very serviceable contracts that you get if you want to just go all blow up that. But, you know. I still think it, it might be interesting. Um, Kawhi was the type of player where I didn't feel like he wanted to be the face of the franchise, but I don't know if him going to Toronto is going to help that because, yeah, Lowry is. He's been there long enough, but Kawhi Leonard is a way better player. I mean, I'm yeah. going to be way more excited to see Kawhi than Lowry, who I haven't seen do anything. Now, let me ask you this. You think – the Raptors are kind of mad making a swift judgment move and firing Dwayne Casey quickly without knowing, A, what LeBron's choice was, and then, B, not giving your GM any type of chance. Well, I guess the G, it's the GM, too, but not giving yourself any type of chance to maybe, you know, I mean, yeah, they weren't in the thing, but just say they still hadn't fired Dwayne Casey. They've been debating, and it's been rumored that he might go. You know, you think they're kicking themselves? Because that's also one thing that I haven't heard, like, it's a win, but – there's a new coach in Toronto and no one knows what system is or what we, you know, what to expect out of them. So that's, that's going to be very interesting. Um, yeah. With the trade, see how that all shakes out with the new coach. You know, I'd be happy with them um, getting, cause you know, you're getting experienced players that have been in the playoffs with a team that was kind of young last year. Your debt was definitely young and then Lowry. So, Hopefully these guys can help you out. I mean, Danny Green could be a very serviceable person hitting a, a three at the end of the game, or if he's not doing well running Van Bleet out there with Lowry and taking Lowry and moving him off ball screens and, and Kawhi and all that. So it could be very interesting what the Raptors can do. I also think, you know, their kryptonite's gone. So LeBron, you don't have to worry about. The East is pretty much wide open. I mean, no Eastern team has done very big moves. All the Western teams have definitely made themselves better to definitely try to compete with each other. But the East, I mean, not a lot of teams have been. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Celtics fan, but we got everyone back. That's great. But there wasn't any other, like, big jumps. There was just Milwaukee's was, you know. So Toronto's the other one that's made an actually decent stride to a 61 team last year. Yeah. Um, To answer your question, I think – they probably are, uh, in some respects, kicking themselves uh, for firing Casey, um, but it made it made a lot of sense at the time. Like, um, and furthermore, like 
you know, obviously DeRozan had his problems with Casey at the tail end of the season. Uh, now DeRozan came out and, and released a statement to dispel any, you know, any notions that, you know, he was mad at Casey, but, um, but it was, it was pretty clear, um, after, after those, those, uh, after I think game three or game four, when he got benched, um, down the stretch of the game, I think it was, I want to say it was game three, uh, that they eventually lost. And I, I mean, he, he was clearly upset about that. And, you know, maybe you could read into that, that he was upset with himself. I don't know, but you know, maybe you don't want a coach who, had a problem with the last star player with a new star player coming in who obviously had problems with his organization. So in that respect, I could see it being, you know, perhaps being a good thing, having a, a young, young guy come in there, or at least a green guy come in there, um, you know, who, who doesn't have uh, a whole lot of baggage and can kind of adapt to these players as they adapt to him. It may, it may be a blessing in disguise, so to speak, um, but I imagine their system will be very similar. I mean, they they, they hired him internally, so it, it stands a reason that it would be. I think one of the interesting things to point out about Beal is they just got a lot better from three and a lot better defensively, which is so much of what the league is now. I mean, Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard um, are, na- are now in your starting lineup, and DeMar DeRozan and OG Ananobi are now not in your starting lineup. Obviously, Ananobi to the bench and DeRozan to the Spurs. That that makes them a lot better defensively uh, and a lot better from three. Danny Green is a terrific three-point shooter. He's not he, he's not ath- athletically what he was a couple years ago, but he's still really smart defensively. Can play decent team defense. And Kawhi Leonard, obviously, you know one of the three best defenders in the league, if not the best defender in the league when he's healthy. So um, so that'll be, you know, something very interesting to see, you know, how that plays out, how good will Toronto's defense be this year. Uh, but we now have Jawan on the line. Jawan, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Sorry I'm late. Oh, no worries, brother. Um, so we were just discussing this Kawhi Leonard, DeMar DeRozan trade, um, just, uh, take it away, man. Your thoughts. Um, the more I kept thinking it was a horrible trade for the, um, the Raptors, the, the more I just kind of feel as though <clears throat> the, the Raptors kind of feel as though it's time for a change. Um, I, I, to the day I die, will will feel as though they traded the wrong player, but there's no way the Spurs <laughs> wanted Kyle Lowry. Um, right. my my biggest issue uh, about the trade is, is is a few things. Well, let me not say my one biggest. I have a few issues with it. One, I have an issue that, uh, and I, I get it, the mainstream media, it's their job just to hype things, but there's no way Raptors are um, are better than the Sixers from this move. There's no way. I have Ooh, no idea about I, the coach. I don't know about that. I have, I, yeah, I don't know either, this. man. I have, I have no idea about this coach, and – your best player is only Kawhi. So you still have the issue of Kawhi's going to need help. That was a team last year that single-handedly lost to LeBron James. I am not convinced. I told you, I told you this a while ago, uh, Nick, and I think you're on, on too, Luke. Um, what happened to the Sixers last year, there's no way. They, they got a year under their belt. They're going to be better. They're going to be better. Simmons is going to be better. 
Embiid's going to be better. And I'm going to be honest, if they played, I would put my money on Joel Embiid uh, to beat that Raptors team. It, to me, it's just like there's there's no number well, he two. Would there's no Valanciunas. That he would definitely tear up Valanciunas. Oh, right, right, right. I, my biggest issue, and this is no – again, I told you guys, I have no ill will for the Raptors. i just not a huge fan of Kyle Lowry. I just – there's no number two. There's no legit guy that, like, let's say if Kawhi is being neutralized or if Kawhi uh, isn't, isn't having the, the greatest of games, I don't know. And they're more of, like, team-oriented. I get that. Um, but I have to see them play first because, again, it's a coach I know nothing about. Um, with a bunch of players that really did nothing for me in the three series they were in last year. Uh, they almost lost that, that um, Milwaukee one. Uh, Nick, I told no, you, Washington, I thought Washington. Washington. No, they played Milwaukee yeah, in the first round, didn't they? No, Washington. Didn't they play? Celtics Who played, played Milwaukee, Milwaukee in the first round? The Celtics played Boston. Milwaukee. Oh, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I apologize, I apologize. Um, the point I was just about to say was I thought Washington could have gotten two games on them. Um, I think there was internal issues between Wall and Beal on, on why that team didn't play better. Um, but I, they just didn't impress me in, in their run um, in, the, in the playoffs. And I mean, I guess you could say some of it was on DeRozan kind of seeming like he quit in the, the, the Cavaliers series. Um, but that team just – it didn't seem like it had someone – excuse me – that could step up if DeMar DeRozan wasn't playing his best. Um, so that's the way I still view that team. So I still have it, Celtics, Sixers, everybody else. Until uh, so I'm proven wrong, and that's, that's what I'm going to hold on to. Um, but as far as Kawhi, like I, I heard a lot of people saying, like, oh, well, you know, if you're the Raptors, you could possibly do what OKC did. And, and hold on to Kawhi. Le- no, you can't. Let me just any any <laughs> fan out there that's a Toronto fan that thinks that. Let me just say a few things. One, uh, if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I'm thinking what I don't want to do is have to rebuild with this team. And you can look at the core and say it's a young group. You know they have pieces. Kyle Lowry is kind of old, so it's like, and I don't yeah. see people lining up to go to Toronto. Um, nope. So if I'm Kawhi, I don't want that. Also, not a big market. The reason why I'm leaving a class A. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, Toronto is a huge market. Yeah, yeah Toronto is like the sixth. For shoes? It's like the sixth biggest market in the NBA, dude. For shoes? For shoes. Oh, just, well, like just for the market Kawhi. in general. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Kawhi to be... I, Go ahead, I'm well, sorry. Well, I don't, I don't know, like <laughs> – I don't know like what a what a market for shoes would mean per se, but just in general, like just as a as an NBA market, it's like the sixth or seventh biggest in the NBA. It's a big market. No, I like, mean Toronto's a huge city to, and it's international, and you got all of Canada loves you. I mean, in reference to the fact that DeRozan and Kyle Lowry have been there for years, neither one have had any kind of uh, huge endorsement or like commercials, anything like that, and from the talk of his uncle... Are you kidding me? Kyle Lowry was in that Jurassic that Park team. commercial. Come on, bro. Yeah, well, <laughs> they made they made commercials for everyone that was in the playoffs. That doesn't count. That doesn't... I'm talking like during the season, you get that one-star <laughs> player that has that Paul George Gatorade commercial or uh, Steph Curry's commercials, like stuff like that. Um, and from the talk of Kawhi's camp, it seems like that's what they want. They want... Uh, a market that can, like, just amplify their name. Um, 
So, I mean, it's just one of those things to where it's just like he's, he's not staying. And I don't like the comparison uh, between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Paul George, to me, is somebody who I feel never wanted that spotlight in, in Los Angeles. He, he, he claims, like, oh, you could have gotten me and you didn't make a, you know, a, a big enough splash to, to come and get me, so I'm comfortable here in OKC. That's, that's, that's a bunch of, of, of bull, bull, uh, bull crap. He just does not want to be the guy, it seems like. And that's what he was going to have to be in L.A., even with LeBron. Because LeBron, I say, only has like three or four years left. Paul George would have had to have been that guy to take over once he left. I do not think he wanted that. I also do not think he wanted to play with LeBron. Um, If I'm Kawhi, I wouldn't want to stay in uh, Toronto because if the Lakers can keep all those young assets uh, and not have to kind of like trade everything to hurry up and get Kawhi, if I'm Kawhi, I'm just walking there next year. If I'm coming to a team that has a pretty solid roster and a roster that you could build going forward even after LeBron's tenure uh, is over. So if I'm Kawhi, why would I want to stay in Toronto? Like there's nothing basketball-wise that makes me want to stay there. Um, As far as the Spurs, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, can I say something real quick? Just real quick. Hey, right, so check this out. So I understand what you're saying. And Lowry, I'll give you that. He is kind of old. But to say, in my mind, I, I, I think Toronto is a little bit better and could be better than the Sixers. But I'll give you. They could be the top three. But you're underestimating what Drake can do, too. You don't even know what this guy. I mean, hey, his uncle wants. You're him losing to me now, throw Luke. A cousin, throw a cousin on the soundtrack. Get his cousin. Get someone signed. Get a nephew signed. They got Drake, dude. Drake and a whole Canada, like all of Canada. All of Canada is your team, so they're gonna try to woo the heck out of him and all that. So I could do. And you're saying that he's gonna walk to the Lakers. What if I'm the Lakers and I don't want you? It's not like next year's free agency is just. You, Kawhi Leonard, I could side one Pearson. There's two people in Golden State that could be much better for my team than you right now. And so and I know they're, not, they're healthy. And there's other people. There's still Jimmy Butler. So Kawhi is just not simply walking to L.A. So what happens if L.A. doesn't <laughs> sign him and they take, like, Boogie or someone, and now what do you say? Then he goes to the Clippers. Oh. Yeah, well, the Clippers are the Sixers. Time out. What you're forgetting about is I said there's no logical basketball reason for him to want to stay with a team that even if you think that young talent there, like you could build up and it could be something, it would still have a soft reboot. And again, Toronto does not attract free agents. So if you're Kawhi, you're looking at being on a Toronto team that can't get any free agents and you have to do a soft reboot with a bunch of these young kids. Like, I think Kawhi kind of wants to be put in a situation where he can really compete, like, now. Um, And I guess you can say that he could do that with the current roster now, but what about two, three years into his contract? Right, two, three years into his contract, and there's no Kyle Lowry, no Ibaka, no Valanciunas, and you have to do this whole soft reboot. Like, what are you going to do then? And we don't even know what to expect from this head coach. This head coach could be trash. And now you're stuck with that head coach. So it's a lot of basketball reasons. If you want to talk City, you want to talk Drake, that's fine. I'm not arguing with that. I'm saying basketball-wise. Even if L.A. doesn't want you, Nick was right. You can go to the Clippers. There's other places that I'm sure people would burn down their houses to get Kawhi Leonard. 
So it's he not go to only Philly. L.A. Philly, yeah, he could go to got, Philly. He could go to Philly. Philly's got max cap space next year. I expect them to be heavy in play for at least one of these guys. You know, I think Kawhi or, will be at the top of their out. list. Jimmy Butler, Nick. maybe Chris Middleton. There's a Come lot out. of people. Let me say this: next year, am I right or wrong, Nick? The Knicks have one uh, opportunity. They have one max. Uh, you know, they have the opportunity for one max deal. As of right now, I think you're right. They would have to stretch Noah, but, of course, that's a no-brainer. They only have one. They only have one. So, Luke, you're telling me that if uh, Kawhi Leonard steps back, like, think about it, basketball-wise, you look at Nilakina, you look at Hardaway, you look at what Knox can be, Mitch Robinson can be, KP coming back, I would rather go there for the long haul than to stay in Toronto where no one's going to want to come and play with me. Um I would rather go to New York and try to build something there than to stay in Toronto. So there are options for Kawhi. It's not just, uh, well, L.A. didn't want me, so guess I'll just stay here in Toronto. I mean, I wasn't he does have options. A, their options are gone, but I'm just saying he's not going to walk there. But uh, then again, he doesn't have to sign a max with them. He doesn't have to lock himself long-term. If he's smart, he could just be like, let's just pull this out. What if they end up making an East Coast <coughs> Finals run? And he's just like, let's try this for two years or three years, and I'll leave on my own. So there's also that option, too. You're, I'm not implying that he doesn't have the thing, but I'm also just implying that he might not uh, like sign for a long thing. He's not going to pull Paul George and do some four-year thing. I thought that was crazy. But he could do, you know, like another one-and-one one to two-year, like do uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, this team could have the potential. I mean, I understand your Knicks are young in the long run, but for right now, if I want to compete right now for the next two couple of years, I hate to tell you, but – Toronto is a better team right now for the next two years. I'm not saying down long haul, not at all, but I'm just saying right now, two years, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick it out with Toronto, and then I'll go on and, yeah. and do my own thing. Yeah, but if you're Toronto, you, if, if you make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and Kawhi only signs a two-year deal with you, that, that is insane. That is really insane. So if I'm Toronto, it's like, no, dude, like I'm going to sign you for a four- or five-year max deal, and you're going to stay put. Kawhi, to me, doesn't seem like a guy that's going to commit to Toronto. I'm sorry. This is the same guy that on one day is like, I'll sit out a whole season. Then the next day it's like, eh, maybe I'll play a few games. So that, that does not seem like a guy that would go, allegedly. oh, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Allegedly. Yes, you're right. Allegedly. Uh, it's just a lot about Kawhi's camp. I don't want to say Kawhi because I haven't heard a word from him. His camp just seems really fishy. And it, it was made clear that his camp would rather him be in a market like either – L.A., the Knicks, or Philly because of close ties. So I don't see him staying in, in Toronto, even if they did. I don't see him doing a two-year deal or anything like that. Uh, and, again, it's like, okay, you do make the Eastern Conference Finals. Again, Ibaka is old. Lowry is old. Valachunas is getting old. So it's just like, regardless, even if he does do what you're saying, Luke, it's not long-term. So it's like you lost DeMar DeRozan for a guy who's refusing to be your long-term option. So, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. But what I wanted to say, Nick, before we, we moved on is as far as the Spurs, um, I saw the, the odds that, that came out that said um, they had the Raptors, um, you know, having better odds of winning a title than the Spurs did. And I don't think you know, DeMar DeRozan makes – Right, right, right. I understand that. I, I don't. I think Demar Derozan and Lamarcus Aldridge could be a really nice one-two combo. And again, yeah. you have the best coach. Well, 
arguably now that uh, <laughs> what's his name in Boston exists, but ar- you could say yeah. arguably you have the the best coach in basketball. So it's like without Kawhi Leonard, Popovich still got that first team to the playoffs. So I don't imagine DeMar DeRozan is going to make that team worse. I, I I see that team still being a playoff team. How competitive is is to to be seen, but let's not act like this team is going to be like hot garbage. Demar Derozan isn't isn't trash. I think that team yeah. is still going to excuse me be right around wherever they were um, playoff wise last year. Maybe a maybe a seed down, but I, I don't see that. I see them around the same spot. Uh, just just off of Popovich. Um, yeah, I mean, in the level I think they'll play. I think they'll finish saying. in the top four. I think they'll have home court advantage. Like, yeah, I, I I don't I see a lot of people that are like ah, I don't know about the Spurs. It's like wait what? <laughs> Hold on, Demar Derozan is nice. Like the guy has got game. I, I don't. Yeah. So we're judging him now because he couldn't get past LeBron. No, I don't think that's that's your grading curve. I, I think you know the what guy I would is love a legit player. I would him absolutely love. Yes, I would absolutely love for the Spurs to end up in the four seed and the Lakers to end up in the five seed. And we get to see uh, a rematch without the Toronto curse behind him. And let's see what happens. Because that would be, dude, that would be a really fun series. A, you've got the dynamic of Ken DeMar overcome, you know, LeBron James. You also have the dynamic of, like, the Spurs and Lakers or, you know, rivals again. Now that the Lakers are good again. You know, you got all of these different headlines. Like, yeah, that would be a really, really fun series. I, I, I would, uh, I would really hope that we could get that because that would be awesome. What in if one Lamar way or another, like, Lamar, uh, LeBron's kryptonite. What if he never lost to LeBron again? Yeah, there you go. Like, maybe, who knows? But like, yeah, dude, it'd be awesome. And and then like the Spurs, just were the you know again that team that just annoyed the shit out of the Lakers and they just couldn't get past them. Like, it'd be great. It'd be so much fun until they finally did. And then, you know, what have you, but, um, yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, by the way, uh, if I'm the Spurs just real quick before we move on, I'm not done. I'm, I'm going to try to go get Kimba. I just got some assets in the form of a draft pick and Jakob Pertle. I have a young guard in DeJounte Murray, who's really good. Um, you know, I have um, a, a couple other pieces. Lonnie uh, Derek White, Lonnie Walker, who I just drafted. They have the assets to go get Kimball Walker. I'm not I, like I haven't really delved into exactly you know how I would construct the trade. Um, you know, I, I threw out something simple of just like Patty Mill, Mills because the the money matches, and then you know two first rounders. Um, you know, because I honestly think if you could get two first rounders for Kemba's expiring contract right now, like I I would do it. <laughs> um, but you don't know if that Toronto one's going to convey, so that would be my only my only kind of fear there. Um, but like, what would you guys think about that? Like, do you think the Spurs like now that they've made this move? And they, you know, they have Aldridge, they have DeRozan, Pop's obviously older. Like, I would be looking to add somebody, like, add a piece to be able to really give myself the opportunity to compete. And I think Tim Walker could be that piece. Now, I know he's expiring and he could walk at the end of the season, but there's not still not going to be a lot of teams with cap space next year. And if you're on a team with DeMar DeRozan, 
and LaMarcus Aldridge like signed for two more years, I feel like you at least get him to sign a two another two year deal and then, you know, you probably have pop in that that core for, you know, three more years starting from now. Um that'd be a I think that would be the right thing for the Spurs to do for Greg Popovich, um, for everything he's done for them. Like try to send try to send the man out with a ring, you know? Like I think if you can put together a team of Kimba, DeRozan, Rudy Gay, LaMarcus Aldridge, Pau Gasol with, you know, Bellinelli and Ginobili and some other young depth pieces in there, like, you've got you've got the making of a, of a team with Greg Popovich's coaching that could, you know, that can make a splash, I think, anyway. Um, do you guys agree with me that they should be trying to package some of these assets for another player, um, you know, another player who's maybe not a superstar but an all-star and could play up to the um, play up to the uh, the title of superstar in, a, in you know under the tutelage of a guy like Greg Popovich. Uh, let me throw it to you first, Luke. No, yeah, no, I, I would like that big time for the Spurs, especially if I could keep Dejounte Murray. And maybe Lonnie Walker, and like you said, I can just give up two first-round picks and entice them that way. I, I would, it would just be a, a big win, even if he's on expiring. Try to, like you said, compete with this team. Um, you know the West. I, I feel like this might be Golden State's last year as an intact beast. So I think it might blow up after this year, which would make the West, like, open in two years. So I think you could. Get Kimba to stay if you make a good run. I mean, he'll be playing. Uh, Pop's just a great coach. Um, is Kimba playing on the U.S. team too? Because I could, uh, you could see a lot from him right there to trade. But no, I yeah, don't know I would love that big time. I, uh, I think it would be a big win for the Spurs and what they're trying to do for the last. Because I mean, he's he's done after 2020 or after yeah. the he coaches this, the United States team. So. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be very nice to be sad. Yeah, like and and if not him, like maybe somebody else. Like, but that that's just the person who sticks out in my mind who would you could implement and could help you immediately. Um, he's kind of like a better version. Well, not maybe not defensively, but offensively speaking, he's like a better version of um, of Kyle Lowry. Like, you know, Kemba's the the you know. Um, a minus to, you know, Kyle Lowry, you know, B or B minus, or if, if you're Jawan, like D minus. Um, but uh, anyway, um, Jawan, what do you think about that? Do you think uh, that the Spurs should kind of, you know, push forward and, and take some of these assets and package them and try to, you know, build around DeRozan and Aldridge, or would you just kind of stand pat and kind of keep doing the Spursian thing? Um, no, I would definitely do that. And <clears throat> I kept thinking that uh, if the Spurs do get a guy like Kimball Walker, I 100% think that they won this trade, 100%. Because uh, you traded Kawhi Leonard, right, a guy who's refusing to commit, and you landed um, DeMar DeRozan and Kimball Walker. I think you 100% won that trade. Um, it just it, it it enhances your team. It just does. You're replacing Tony Parker with Kimball Walker. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good thing. And even though I don't think you guys are gonna agree with me, let's say they do get him. I like the idea of running it: Kimba, DeRozan, Rudy Gay, 
LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul George. I, I really like the idea of that lineup. Paul George. You mean Gasol? You mean Gasol? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Paul Gasol. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, who did I say? Paul George? I'm sorry. Paul Gasol. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. Building the wrong franchise here. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> The lineup of Kimba, DeRozan, Rudy Gay, uh, Aldridge, and Pau Gasol, I think would be a really, really, really competitive and a really good lineup for the Spurs. And, excuse me, the idea that Pop keeps his players, like, relatively healthy throughout the season, uh, a healthy Kimba, um, DeRozan, Rudy, uh, Aldridge, and Pau Gasol around playoff time, yeah, I think that team could definitely be a problem. And I would say if that, if you get that team, I 100% then want to see LeBron James versus DeMar DeRozan. That, I think, would be such a great, whether it's a first-round or second-round match, um, would be a really great basketball uh, matchup to watch. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I just think it would be – it would make a lot of sense to me. Um, And you know what? Like, maybe you don't want to give up DeJounte Murray, but maybe you could throw Derek White into that deal. Like, he's shown a lot of promise. You probably don't need both of those guys, um, you know. If you're gonna if you're gonna keep Dejounte Murray and Lonnie Walker, maybe you throw, you know, Patty Mills, Derek White, who has an extra year on his rookie contract, then Dejounte Murray, um, and then you know one first rounder. Um, so let's say the Spurs first rounder, or we could say the Spurs or Toronto's first rounder, whichever one's more favorable. Like that's a pretty good package for. Um, a guy in Kimball Walker who's expiring and has expressed interest about wanting to be on a competitive team, and it doesn't look like Charlotte has made any any of the necessary moves to be competitive this upcoming season. So I don't know. I think I think someone something like that could definitely work out. But let's move on. Uh, a trade that I am pretty excited to talk about. The Oklahoma City Thunder, Atlanta Hawks, and Philadelphia 76ers have agreed to a three-team trade that will send Carmelo Anthony, Justin Anderson, and a lottery-protected 2022 first-round pick to the Hawks, Dennis Schroeder and Timothy Luawu to the Thunder, and Mike Muscala to the 76ers. Um, Really quick, uh, 76ers, I think um, essentially you – move away from a guy that, you know, Anderson, who's just never got a lot of playing time, uh, Luau, who never got a lot of playing time and, you know, had a a couple years left on his contract when they probably don't want that salary on their payroll. And you get an expiring contract to Mike Muscala, uh, and you essentially replace the depth of Bielitsa, who decided he didn't want to go there. So that was pretty... Mm -hmm pretty self-explanatory to me. I thought it was a, a reasonably um, smart decision for the 76ers. Um, but let's get into the nitty-gritty. Oklahoma City and Atlanta. I finally, finally love a deal for the Hawks. Uh, this It was it was great. It, I did not expect this. I did, like, I expected us to be in play for a Carmelo Anthony uh, trade so we could buy him out. However, I did not expect OKC to want Dennis Schroeder in return. Um, that was, you know, a bit surprising to me. And essentially, uh, you know, the fact that we were also able to get uh, Justin Anderson, who's expiring and, you know, can pro- provide some depth off the bench, can play the two, can play the three, 
Um, could probably even play the four um, in a really small ball lineup. Um, and a 2022 first rounder that is only lottery protected. I really expected it to be top 20 protected. Um, that's a pretty good deal, all things considered. Uh, you get off of Schroeder's 15.5 million, um, and you know essentially uh, it becomes Trey Young's team. So um, I really, really like the deal for the Hawks. I think it was smart financially moving forward. I think. You know, we could have gotten more for Dennis if we had traded him last year, and we probably could have gotten more for Dennis had we, you know, essentially waited things out and decided, you know, we were going to, you know, um, I guess have him on the roster but not play him. But I just think it would have been a distraction. I'm totally fine with the deal. I'm totally fine with just having moved on with him and saying, here's the key, Stray. Like, go ahead and – you know, show us what you got. Um, so let's let's kind of take this team by team. So we'll we'll um, hey, Luke, if you have anything you want to add about the Sixers, I feel like I pretty much wrapped that up. But what are your thoughts on the Hawks and the Sixers, if you have any? I don't know. I mean, the Sixers, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, they had to replace someone who they lost, and they got someone who's pretty good at shooting threes. I mean, I think Muscala is a thirty-four percent three-point shooter, so not bad at all. So. I agree everything you said, but no, the Hawks, uh, I mean, I like this trade a lot for the Hawks. You finally did something with your open cap. You freed up Mello to do, I had a buddy of mine that texted me and he's just like, I don't even care if Mello's not even playing one minute for the Hawks. I'm getting my Mello Hawks jersey. And I was like, that's too funny. But I mean, I saw that. That's an Anderson. That's just, you know, he's, he's not bad. He just, like you said, he never got the time in Philly, so you really couldn't see. And then the pick, which is really nice. I mean, you got a first-round pick. So you got a pick to a team that's rebuilding, and you got rid of uh, a point guard who was not obviously your point guard of the future. So it helps free it up. Um, I just hope that this doesn't put too much pressure on Trey Young. But I, I'm surprised that they weren't uh, that they weren't able to flip Baysmore, but – he seemed more logical in my mind going to, uh, to OKC. But then again, yeah. Dennis, I mean, Schroeder makes a lot of sense too. And all, but, yeah, no, Atlanta, Atlanta did a really good job right here. I mean, they'll have – you guys will have enough to have a match and maybe uh, something else next summer. And if you can shake yeah. some money more around, you might have for two max. So you might be a Brooklyn next, Nets if you're uh, capable of this. So. And you got a lot of first-round picks next year, too. So, Atlanta's looking pretty good for a, a team that's definitely rebuilding. That's not, like, trying to do anything else. They're definitely into the rebuilding, and they've got some good things to build off of now. One second. Oh, sorry. I'm, like, I'm having to sneeze all of a sudden, of course. Um, but, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, you – you're getting assets, and that's that's what you want. And you get asset in draft pick, you get an asset in, in cap space, and you know you get an asset in expiring contracts. So all good things. Uh, Jawan, uh, take take it away before I have to sneeze again. <laughs> oh shit! Hold on, Jawan. There we go. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. 
Um, I like the Drake. Sorry, I muted you because you had some background noise going on, and then I forgot I muted you. Uh, I kind of pulled a Dane, (laughs) or like a reverse Dane, because Dane usually mutes himself because he's got background noise going on and then forgets that he muted himself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You don't still hear it, do you? No, I don't. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, All right, sorry, lost my complete train of thought. Uh, (laughs) I I like the trade. yeah, I like to trade for the Hawks. <clears throat> I mean, you got out of Schroeder, which I know you desperately wanted to do, Nick. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. So now you kind of you clear the way <clears throat> for um, Trey Young to just kind of embrace the team. Um, all I kept thinking about is, man, if the Hawks can't get this buyout to happen soon, Melo is all about his money. He'll play some games in, in Atlanta. <laughs> well, and you know I what? Can... I'm totally, ahead, I'm, I'm totally fine with it because Melod is not like he helps you win games. So. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely <laughs> true. Um, but that's all I kept thinking about was, man, what is Nick gonna say if Melod is actually playing games uh, come start of the season? Um, but no, I mean it's it, it's good. He's gonna get bought out. Uh, that that's what's most important to me is. When he's bought out, what team is he going to go to and try to make worse? Uh, that That's the main <laughs> thing I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Um, but I am excited that the Hawks were able the to get rid of. The Rockets, he said. Oh, he's fully committed to, to going to the Rockets? No, yeah, yeah, I've heard, yeah. the heater in play. I, I've heard I'm that, gonna be completely honest that with he you. got bought out. He's going straight to the Rockets. See, I'm, comp- I'm going to be completely honest with you. Unless they bring back Capella, I don't like that. Uh, I'd prefer for him to go to Miami. Uh, team up with Dwayne Wade and, and that, core, that core group that for some reason, that team just has something in it, uh, just has a dog in them. And, and I love the way that Pat Riley gets that, that Miami Heat team to play day in and day out. Uh, and I think Dwayne Wade can somewhat get Melo to buy into being more team-orientated um, than Russell Westbrook could. Um, so I, I, I just love him going to Miami. I, I want that. Um, him going to Houston, if Capella's not there, it's just like, okay, you get Melo, who's going to, what, take shots away from Harden, or are you just going to have, what, him and Harden just throwing up, what, 30 shots each? Like, there's a lot about it that I just, I'm not 100% sure with. And Mike D'Antoni did not know how to properly use Melo the years he coached him. I do not know that years later the situation is going to be any better, especially with an older Melo that's more set in his ways, like I'm not coming off the bench. Uh, I think Pat Riley could handle that a lot better than Mike D'Antoni. So just a lot about that Houston to me I don't necessarily like, um, but obviously it's not up to me. (laughs) It's up to Melo. Um, So if what you're saying is true, Luke, then that seems like that's where he's going. But if I had to choose between Miami and and Houston – I just think Miami could make a better mellow than Houston can. Houston will just be like, you know what? That's where you're going to be. Check up 30 shots. Just do you. Do whatever. I don't care. Uh, I think <laughs> Miami will be more so. Miami will be more so like, no, dude, you got to buy into what we are. Uh, and Pat Riley will have that long conversation with Melo uh, way before he even signs him. He'll have that conversation. So, it, it, to me, if, if I'm Melo, I'd rather go to, to Miami. Even though you're, I know what you're, you're probably thinking, Luke, like the best chance to win would be um, Houston, I don't know. I just I, I think of different ways Miami could tweak that starting lineup that they could be really competitive in the East. I'm not saying win it. I mean they could be damn competitive in the East. So 
I don't know. I just would prefer him to go to Miami. My thing with Houston is I, I feel like you're going to get a lot of what you got in OKC. I mean, you have two star players, and you have a very defensive-minded center, and then you throw Melo into the mix with a guy who's in P.J. Tucker, who's a defensive specialist just like Robertson. Granted, P.J. Tucker is a better offensive player than Robertson. Um, but, I mean, it's the same It's the same kind of format. It's the same makeup, and we just saw that it did not work. Um, now, I know they they need the depth, but I don't know, man. I, I don't think it really makes them better. I, I, I don't – I mean, I think that's where he's going to go, and I hope he proves me wrong, but I, I see a lot of um, – I see a lot of similarities in the construction of their roster to the way OKC's was constructed last year. And I'm not sure that, uh, that, that fits best. I don't necessarily like Miami either, though. That's the only other team that I've heard being brought up. Obviously early on, just random people, um, uh, you know, commentators and stuff brought up, uh, the Lakers, but I don't, I don't see that happening. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, I, I don't know. I, I honestly think I, I for whatever reason, I, I really, uh, I like Washington a lot. Um, I think he could end up playing very well in that, you know, with John Wall facilitating and looking, um, you know, to move the ball around and, and get people shots. Um, you know, this, this is a guy who can get his own shot, but still can, you know, drop 13 dimes in a given game. Uh, you put him in there with Beal and, and Otto Porter Jr. Um, and they, you know, obviously uh, um, just picked up Dwight Howard. Um, I don't know. I think I think that would be an interesting fit for him and, uh, you know, a place where he could actually get a lot of minutes. Obviously, it's the same thing in Miami. You're not going to win. You're going to win a ring. Um, I mean, Houston, out of all the teams that reportedly want Melo, that's, that's the best chance he has to win a ring is to go there. Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of like Washington. I think that would be, I think that could be really interesting um, as far as, you know, what they could provide. Um, but the thing is, there's no great fit for Melo because he's not, he's not a great player anymore. And he's not, he, he, you know, he's not, he's not wanting to buy into like a bench role and that's what he should be. He should be a sixth or seventh man off the bench and, buy into that role and extend his career by three or four more years. And, you know, but I, I just, I just don't see him doing that. Like the thing is he could still get 25 minutes a game if he did that, but I, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. And Houston at least is the, seems like the one place that could offer him a, a starting position. Um, you know, the only, the only person really ahead of him right now on the roster is, is Ryan Anderson. And, you know, they don't have any qualms about benching Ryan Anderson. And, you know, it's not like Ryan Anderson is going to provide you with any more defense than Melo. So, um, but the thing is with Ryan Anderson, at least he can hit a 30 foot jump shot, you know, like Melo is not going to give you that either. So I don't know. Uh, I, I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of, uh, hesitancy with them pulling that too. Uh, before we move on to OKC, Luke, uh, what are your thoughts? on Mello and where do you think he would fit best? Obviously, we all expect him to go to Houston, but where where would you like to see him go if you could pick anywhere? 
Oh no, yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I just because I was saying he, uh, he said he's going there. I mean, I like you guys are saying. I I don't really see it really working. I guess maybe because he's going with one of his friends in Houston with Chris Paul, and that might work. But I like you guys said you put you said a lot of like that Tony didn't know how to use them. I just I I don't understand it either. It is almost the same makeup as OKC. Uh, I kind of want to throw it at a joke one. I mean. <laughs> I don't know if this makes him better, but what if he went back to Denver? I mean, <laughs> for another veteran's minimum. I mean, I don't see him really being good, but just going back to Denver, you know where he started. We're all went out. If you want to kind of just call it an ends, like real quick. I well, mean, you know, that'd they, be kind of funny. That'd be a Denver move right there. Denver would be like, okay, we're not already playing defense. You can help our high off offense, like scoring team. And we're just trying to score our way into the playoffs. As long as we make the playoffs, we're completely cool with that. So, yeah, I think Denver would be funny. He does make the most sense, like you say, for Washington. I, like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's better than Marquise Morris. So, I put him out because I'm not playing him over Otto Porter or Kelly Oubre. Uh Yeah. So, yeah, so, I, yeah, Washington. But, yeah, I don't really see any teams that make sense for him besides, yeah. I just the joke when I I mean it'd be funny if he went back to Denver and I think Denver would definitely be like yeah we're already not playing D screw it you and Paul Millsap <laughs> are right now we're gonna figure you guys out. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is they just traded two of their six power forwards and we all know how they love to have uh, like at least five power forwards so they they it, it, in all practicality they do need to sign Mello so they can meet that five power forward quota. Um, but uh, I, you know what I think would be the absolute funniest thing, and I think they're like I want to say they're like maybe two million dollars short of the cap space it would re- require. But I think it would be fucking hilarious if the Kings took him off waivers. <laughs> Like, if the Kings were just like, man, uh, we're going to suck. Like, we need to sell some tickets. Let's fucking get mellow. We'll start him at the three and just fucking go with it. Like, um, I think that would be fucking awesome. What about Portland? I just thought about that one on investment. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that could could work. I mean, it would at least be a slash move. I mean, I would play – Al Farouk Amino over him, though. I mean, Al Farouk Amino can actually play defense. Um, you know, like, I, again, I just, there's not a team that has, like, I don't think Melo's better, like, at least not, and not in the sense of, like, Melo's game. Like, you, you put Melo in a gym going one-on-one against, you know, half of these guys, and he kicked the shit out of them. But, like, you put him in a team format, trying to play team ball and I just don't think he helps your team. Like I, I would rather have Al Farouk Aminu. Like, I guess, I mean, I could see him coming off the bench, but like, again, he doesn't want to do that. So there's just so few teams and it's funny. There's so few teams. Uh, and like I said, the, the Rockets seem to be like the biggest one who, you know, could use, not really could use Mello, but could just use somebody who's better than Ryan Anderson. So, I mean, I guess in that sense, the Rockets make sense because he'll get the starting job. It's just like it doesn't necessarily make sense for the Rockets. Um, but you know, like like we said, I don't I don't I don't see a team that it really does make sense for. So, I think he should go to China. 
I, I think he should go to China and win a championship in China and just, like, ball out and be the MVP and, like, get statues made uh, next to uh, Stefan Marbury. That's that's what I think he should do. But we all know that's not going to happen. So, anyway, um, yeah, I think I think we're just all as baffled as everybody else as far as it, is there really a good fit for Melo because just, it just doesn't seem like there is one. But we'll see how he works out on the Rockets because, I mean, I've, I'm about 95% sure that's where he's going to end up. Uh, but anyway, uh, before we move on, Oklahoma City uh, in this deal acquired Dennis Schroeder and Timothy Luwawu. I I really don't like Dennis Schroeder and like with like with this squad. Um, I I don't see him playing next to Russell Westbrook at all. I mean, you're talking about two guys who like that. Essentially, Dennis Schroeder is like a poor man's Russell Westbrook. That's like what he is. He doesn't play a lot of defense. He's not a he's not a very good shooter. He's got a very good first step. He's really good at getting to the lane. He is an adequate passer. Um and doesn't like like I said, doesn't play defense, so he's like Russell Westbrook light. I don't want to play them next to each other. Our defense is gonna really suffer from it. So I'm essentially trading him to back or trading for him. I mean, essentially we all know they're trading to get the the cap relief this season. Um, but as far as how he fits onto their team, like, I mean, I don't, I don't want the headache of Dennis Schroeder playing 12 minutes a game and like being pissy about it all the time because he's not, he's not playing enough, which is I think bound to happen. I fully expect them to trade him at the very latest by the tra- trade deadline um, but I could see a situation where they trade him before the season even starts. Um, essentially, there's a 60-day wait uh, after a trade in order to trade a player in conjunction with other players on your roster. Uh, so that could happen in September, late September, which would be before the start of the season. Uh, and if they can figure out a trade for him just where they don't involve any of their other players in the deal – um, I could see that happening even sooner. Um, I think, you know, a, a player like a Terrence Ross kind of makes sense, who's a wing player. He's an expiring contract. Uh, the Magic could certainly use uh, a guy like Dennis Schroeder. Um, something in that in that vein. Um, I, those salaries wouldn't quite match. The Magic would have to send back something else uh, to make the money work. So maybe like a, like a Jerry and Grant. So, they would send, you know, Jerry and Grant and um, and uh, Terrence Ross, you know, for for Dennis Schroeder. Um, and if they wait long enough, they could include, you know, a guy like uh, Terrence Ferguson in that package and maybe get back the 2020 pick that um, that the Magic owned uh, from them. But anyway, we're getting off track here. Uh, so I don't, I don't. I don't think this trade had anything to do, but, but with cap space, I don't expect Schroeder to be there long. I don't see him matching up and playing well uh, with this team and with R- Russell Westbrook. I I would certainly see them butting heads as well. So um, as far as them, good good on you for cap relief. Hopefully you can flip Dennis uh, for either you know more cap relief uh, or you know a future asset. Um, because that's the only way that I can see this being a, 
um, you know, a, a, a good situation uh, for the Thunder other than getting out of, obviously, Mello's uh, gargantuan contract. Uh, Jawan, do you see this in the same type of way, or do you think Schroeder could actually end up working uh, on this Thunder team? Um, I don't disagree with you, <clears throat> to be completely honest. I mean, he reminds me – He, I, I feel as though in this situation in OKC – he is exactly the same thing Reggie Jackson was, uh, which is a guy who <clears throat> likes to be ball dominant, a guy who likes the minute, and a guy who 100% will butt heads with Russell Westbrook. Um, so that's all I see from this. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I apologize. Um, if, if you can get him playing the way Reggie Jackson was before he got traded to the, uh, the Pistons, it's only going to help this team, uh, even if it's it, even if it's for like till trade deadline or something like that. Um, I, it could still help this team. I told you I'm not that big on on Raymond Felton, so I was actually excited that they got a backup point guard um, like a dinner shooter. I agree with you. You can't really play next to Russell Westbrook, um, so that's where you know some of your issues are going to come from. But like I said, I look at him and I'm like, this guy kind of is like. Reggie Jackson. Now, what I would like to see, and I don't, you know, you guys, I don't know how it works cap wise or whatever. Nick, I'd really like to see him in Miami. I really do. I think he has that dog in him that kind of just fits with those guys. I'd really like to see him in Miami. But as far as OKC, to me, he's the same thing as Reggie Jackson. Um, No, 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 not replacing. Yeah, I was going to say, not replacing, just in addition to. Yeah, I could see that. I could actually see him fitting. In, in, in a strange way, next to Dragic, um, I don't, I don't, I don't love it, but I could see it potentially working. And we all know, I mean, Dragic is much, much older, so that could be, you know, also a situation where you bring, bring in a guy, and then you know, you maybe look to move Dragic, or you know, you just wait for his contract to expire. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's interesting. You know, they they play. Dragic and Tyler Johnson next to each other a lot, and Dennis Schroeder is much better than him. So, you know, that that could potentially work. I don't know what pieces they would have that the that Thunder would want, but it's food for thought. Uh, Luke, uh, what are your thoughts on the Thunder uh, and uh, Dennis Schroeder? I mean, I, I, I'm going to go opposite of you guys. I like this trade a lot for them. Um, oh. I mean, first off, you you save cap, so that's the biggest plus. You're not right. paying a hundred million dollars in salary. I mean, luxury tax, so that's a huge risk. But I honestly think that Schroeder could be a good, solvable six man for them. And from what reports are saying, Bleach uh, reports from Royce Young. I don't even know who this guy is, but said that uh, Dennis actually uh, talked to Billy Donovan and. Uh, Pressy and he talks about they they're gonna make him the six man. He's excited about that. So if he's running a six man and he's not really having to play with Westbrook and he gets the whole second unit, I mean this is a that's a win for the Thunder. You replace a guy that's terrible on your team that did not work out and it was just a huge contract for a guy that might actually turn his career around. And I could see Dennis might in his career because he kind of he has the the keys to a team in the Hawks. And now he's kind of like can reset his career being a six man, a very soluble, like serviceable six man, you know, like, like a Lou Williams, not saying he's going to be that good, but like, you know, up there with one of the top six men. So I think that that's a win for him. And Luwalu is a great 
uh, asset as well, I mean, for the bench. So you replace some, someone that was just not working on your team. You, ha- you know your lineup already right now with your starting five, and now you have Dennis running your second unit with, like, New Orleans Noel, uh, Luwalu, and possibly who uh, Grant's not starting. So, I mean, I like it for OKC. I mean, I think it's going to work. Or you can always just trade them. I mean, the contract ends up being nice for OKC, not being going to hurt the luxury. And I kind of was saying when you when you were saying Terrence Ross, no, I, I think what if they they would have to add someone else more, but what if you got Aaron Gordon for the Magic? Because I don't see Aaron Gordon lasting long for the Magic. I don't think that makes sense for them. But what if you were able to flip those contracts? I think Aaron Gordon would be really great with Westbrook and a math like, team and just be able to run with them and all that. So you could possibly flip them for that, but – I, in the end, if Dennis is staying and he's going to be a sixth man, I think it's fine. I mean, I think it would re- work really well for OKC, and this could put them in the top four now in the Western Conference. I mean, with with this addition, I mean, you're losing Melo, and if he's going to be coming off the bench and accepting that role, I mean, that's a huge win. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know they'd had a conversation. Um yeah, I mean, if he's excited about it and, you know, realizes that that, that is going to be his role, which should be obvious, um, it could work out. It could be something that, that ends up at least working out in the in the interim. But uh, I, I also, I like your, uh, your comp, uh, Jawan, Reggie Jackson. Um, yeah, they're very similar players, um, uh, Schroeder and Jackson. I think Jackson's a little more score first, but not much more. Um, they're they're very very similar in their in their styles their play styles. Um, I uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how everything kind of shakes out. I still expect him to be traded. I I would love to see Aaron Gordon on that team. I do not see. I don't see a trade package that could net you Aaron. What is Gordon. he getting though? Like twenty million a year annually, yeah. maybe up there. And Dennis is yeah. getting fifteen. So now you just yeah. have to add one more guy at like the five million. So you could, I mean, it's not that far off. Yeah, there. but why would the magic? So you, why would the magic trade Aaron Gordon for Dennis Schroeder and uh, let's say Terrence Ferguson? And like, I mean, I I just feel like you could get way more for Aaron Gordon. I mean, true, true. But I'm just trying to say, I'm just saying that I don't see Aaron Gordon lasting on the magic either, sure. long term past this year. So I just think that could be a trade. I mean, Terrence Ross would work well as well. I was saying, I don't think Aaron Gordon is going to be on the Magic for more than this season at the deadline. Yeah, I, I think I think you're probably right. I think it really depends on how – I think they're going to try playing him, try moving him back to the three and playing him next to Isaac. Um, but if that doesn't work out, then, yeah, they're probably going to move him because Isaac – fits their timeline along with Bamba. He's kind of their man in the future. So, um, but yeah, I think you could be right there. Uh, but they did sign him on to not only was it, it, it you said, 20 million-ish contract, but it's um, it's also a descending contract. So his salary gets less as it goes along, which, you know, salary, you know, um, uh, uh, contracts like that, uh, oftentimes are, are very valuable, um, you know, because teams who might be looking to trade are looking down the future, like saying, ah, oh, dude, well, we got, you know, luxury tax this, whatever, like cap problems. So it's it's good to, you know, be able to get a contract that's going to 
decline over over the next couple years instead of increase. So, uh, but anyway, guys, um, we got one more trade to discuss. The Kings traded Garrett Temple to the Memphis Grizzlies in exchange for Ben McLemore, Deontay Davis, and Memphis's 2021 second round pick. Ben McLemore is going home, everybody. Um, it's amazing. Um, he uh, is gets to go rejoin the Kings. Um, I I still think it's crazy that he even got a five million dollar contract after what he what he played with the Kings. Um, after or I should say how he played with the Kings. Um, but uh, I I I like this deal for both teams. Garrett Temple is an expiring contract. Uh, you know really solid player like just um you know definitely did not want to be in sacramento on this on this young rebuilding team uh, i i think he's going to be plugged right into memphis's starting lineup and so now you've got a starting lineup of Conley temple um anderson who they just picked up from the spurs uh um you have uh jermichael green and then uh gasol with jaron Jackson Jr. coming off the bench is probably like a six-man type uh, for this season. So it sucks that they're in How the dare West you disrespect because Chandler like that. Chandler oh really? Is, Are we so going there? To that? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Chandler Parsons. Um, anyway. Um, I uh, it's too bad they play in the East because I actually think this is a good lineup and I think they could actually like win enough games to like make an A seed in the East. But unfortunately for them, they're in the West and they're not even going to sniff the playoffs. In my opinion, I just even with these additions that I think were good, um, I still don't see it happening. Uh, but you know what? It might make them just good enough to get outside of the top 10 in the lottery. Luke, what do you think about these moves that Memphis has been making, particularly the trade for Garrett Temple? Oh, I'm glad you brought it up, dude. I love it. For First off, uh, I only like it for Memphis. I'll get to the Sacramento thing in a second, but I only like it for Memphis. Like you said, Garrett Temple is a very serviceable player. I think, like you said, he did not like his situation he was in. I mean, none, none of the veterans that went there liked the situation. And Memphis is trying to, I guess, compete, which is making me super excited because I'm like, dude, make yourself a little bit better. You're not going to make the playoffs, but, hey, compete with all those other teams up there and be outside the top ten and let the Celtics get your pick. So I like it for Memphis that obviously doesn't want to rebuild and is in this mindset. So it's it's a good one for them. And and like you said, I mean, even if – I mean, he's not any worse than – Chandler Parsons, who hasn't really played for you guys, so that's that's also a plus. So there's always that. But Sacramento, I I don't even understand this. I just don't. Really? Why, why are you taking Why are you taking Ben McLemore back? First off, was terrible for you for contract. the first time. I it doesn't even matter. He's an expiring player, dude. He has no thrive <laughs> for the game. So you got a guy that is no thrive for the game, and you know you're like you're like. Hey, wait, can I compete and find another guy that also has no thrive for the game? Oh, wait, I did. And I got Deontay Davis, who also has no thrive and is terrible. They got two terrible people. What are you doing? That's expiring contract. I, okay, cool. What, like, like, you weren't even in that bad of money like contract. Like, 
They're terrible people. Yeah, but they got, a, be they got a second round pick in 2021. Oh, yeah, that could be. Second round. They didn't even get a first round. That could be in I the 30s. A first round for Melo, dude. Like, oh, they should have made that like trade. I don't even like. Yeah, that's a fan. They're clearing up room. I thought for Melo, like with some of the things, but, but, jeez, dude, what are you doing, Sacramento? You took back some players that are just terrible basketball players that don't we'll say like that. Well, for a second round pick. Yeah. The, no, I mean, I yeah. get you. Um, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from there because I made a very similar argument with the Lynn trade. Only difference is we didn't actually send out any salary. We just took back salary. Um, but, uh, I will say this, I am a little surprised that, uh, like a, you know, like a Garrett Temple, um, and I don't know, maybe Garrett Temple and, oh, I'm trying to think of somebody in that six to $7 million range who plays for the Kings. Like, I know they got close to Zach Randolph, what are you paying him? Send him back to Memphis. 12, 12.5, I think. But no, no, no. Here's what I'm saying: like Garrett Temple and say Costa Kufos, that adds up to about just a little over what Dennis Schroeder makes. Like, why wouldn't you trade those two guys for for Mello if that was like kind of the going rate? And then if you're OKC, you're getting two expiring contracts. Um, and you know what? If push came to shove, like I would probably just eat the twenty million dollars and say take Garrett Temple. Uh, and we'll eat twenty million dollars of your salary. Give us Terrence Ferguson and you know uh, a second round pick or something. You know, like I'm surprised that they didn't you know work their way into conversations with OKC. And maybe they did. Maybe um, maybe OKC just preferred getting Schroeder. I don't know. Or maybe you know Sacramento didn't want to take back that much money. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it, it is surprising in, in that sense that they weren't, you know, ever even mentioned in those discussions. But, Juwan, uh, what are your thoughts on this deal? Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. Even after listening to you guys, <clears throat> I just I, – I have not even the slightest uh, of these two organizations. I will, though, say um, I do agree with you, Luke. I, I think Temple is a very serviceable player who possibly just had a really bad situation. Um, but I do enjoy him as, as a basketball player. And I, I hope he could definitely <clears throat> make something for himself. But um, outside of that, I just I, – I have really nothing really to say about either organization. They're both run pretty horribly. So uh, I <laughs> that, that, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, Memphis is not really run horribly. They just – they just got themselves into a bind and, and then had to rebuild. And, and But the, the biggest difference between, say, them and the Hawks is the Hawks have embraced the rebuild, and Memphis just doesn't want to do that because they're such a small market. So I get that. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm I'm sorry, Nick. I'm so sorry. I, I must have completely uh, <laughs> lost the conversation. I thought we were talking about the Kings and the Grizzlies. We were talking about the Hawks and the Grizzlies? No, 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 no. I'm saying, yeah, the Kings and the Grizzlies. I'm saying that the Grizzlies oh, okay, okay, okay. found themselves in a similar situation to the Hawks, where, you know, they they couldn't they couldn't financially remain competitive, so they had to get rid of all of the guys who and and they were just older, you know, like Zach Randolph and I. Shit, I don't even think um, Tony Allen is even still in the league. I think, I mean, I don't I don't think he's on it on, on anybody's roster, so. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, I mean, nevertheless, like they just pretty much like ran the wheels until it fell off. And, and now they're trying to pick up the pieces. And instead of just rebuilding like the Hawks are doing, they're just trying to be relevant in a Western conference that is stacked. And it's just, it's, I don't, it's just not, I don't see it working for them. Um, but you know, we'll see, uh, you know, how it all shakes out. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, I want to jump ahead for just a second and discuss, uh, since we did bring up uh, the Celtics um, with this with this trade, which, Luke, you didn't really talk that much about. That was surprising. I expected, like, a big, long Celtics rant about, come on, Memphis, like, stay viable. Oh, no, I just became a huge Gary Temple play, fan. Don't you get me wrong. I want every single person. I want Chandler Clark to come back, every person to be healthy. Let's take a run, Memphis. Let's go, baby. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited that the man this trade. Yeah, I'm I'm just crossing my fingers that Cleveland does something similar and and like really buys into the like, yeah, let's let's make a run at it, you know, like by all means, like I would fucking love it if Cleveland ended up with the number eleven overall pick and Memphis ended up with the number twelve, like that'd be great, like we'd we'd all be happy, um, at least on this podcast. Um, well, except except Jawan and Joel because they never. They never relish in, 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 in my happiness. They relish in my sadness as a sports fan of Georgia teams. Um, but that, no, usually... no. Time out. That's not true. <laughs> I tell you that my biggest issue is, Nick, you create these amazingly beautiful trades for every organization except for the Knicks. That because is my the Knicks issue. have not That's had right. assets in three years. The only asset they had well, is KP6, and you are always like, no, you can't trade KP6. Yeah, of course you can't trade him. Well, I know we don't have good assets. We'll make some up and then create a good trade for us, then, Nick. Do something. <laughs> I created a Kimball Walker trade once. <laughs> you did. You did, and I did not hate it. I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. I don't think it even involved any draft picks or maybe a second rounder, uh, but, but Hey, that, that, that Chicago second rounder became Mitchell Robinson. So I bet you're happy you didn't make that trade now. Um, but, uh, see, that's why draft picks are important to Um, but anyway, uh, let's, let's, let's talk some more Celtics, uh, news. Marcus smart has agreed to a four year, was it $52 million contract Luke? Yeah. 52 million. Yeah. Uh, so right in the wheelhouse of what you were talking about with two more years, I think you had said about $12 million a year, so this is about $13 million a year. Um, pretty, like, that That seems like a good price for Marcus Smart, in my opinion. Um, the guy just means a lot to your team. Uh, of course, you benefited off a, off a, you know, a pretty small market. I think you also, um, I'm saying you as in, like, you know, you're Danny Ainge. Um, but uh, you also benefited off of, I think, the fact that I, I think uh, with a lot of the teams that have either gone after Boston players trading or signing, uh, you know, in the last few years, um, have had buyer's remorse over them, uh, except for the Clippers who inexplicably gave uh, Avery Bradley a $25 million two-year deal. Um after he did absolutely nothing for their team this year. Um, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, nevertheless, uh, 
seems like a good signing. Uh, seems like something that uh, is is very um, like very good for them both in respect of having that kind of mid range contract that you could trade uh, if the right trade presents itself, and just you know getting a guy who obviously means so much uh, to this team uh, as as a uh, grit and grind type of guy uh, who's going to pretty much lay it all out there every single game, every single play. Uh, so I really like it uh, for Boston for all of those reasons. Luke, what are your thoughts? I oh, know, I mean, I love this. I love every single part of it. I'm so happy we were able to keep our team packed and we're going at this one more run, try to make it healthy. Um, smart, like you said, means so much to our team. He's one of like the vets somehow, even though he's only been, he was drafted a couple of years ago, but the longest in the system really understands well, gives everything to us. I mean, defensively, he'll throw his body around. I mean, making blocks on Giannis on an alley-oop. He's just doing some crazy things. He's just that spark plug you need. Like you said, very team-friendly deal for both, I think, sides. He got, he got $13 million, which – you know, he was kind of in the $15 million range in his mind, and then he came down. So $13 million, not bad at all. Very good contract, too. Like you said, you could possibly trade it in the end if you wanted to, and it's not a bad one to take on. So I just love it. Um, I'm so happy to have Smart back. I've always liked him. He's a bulldog. I like bulldog type of players like that. They're just giving it all. Like, yeah, he might have his offense uh, like woes, but – he still he can hit a serviceable three now and then, but he just he's he's good to play any person defensively. I mean, he shut down Millsap so like a couple of years back. He's he's played against LeBron, so he'll he'll lock down any person defensively, and he means a lot to our team and what we're trying to do and build for a championship. So I like it, and it's not a bad one to in the long haul either. Yeah, well, and and one other point that I forgot to bring up, this also provides you the luxury of being able to trade Terry Rozier. So, um, you know, Kyrie Irving comes back, he's he's playing great, he's healthy, Smart's backing him up, Rozier's not getting a lot of minutes, everybody's going to remember what he did last year, you know, when Kyrie got hurt, um, and, you know, there's just so many teams out there who could, who could really use a guy like Terry Rozier, whether it be as a backup or whether it be as a starter. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, Orlando, you know, like if I'm Orlando, I would definitely give up, you know, a, a protected, but, you know, a, a protected first round pick in Jerry and Grant, if I could get my hands on Terry Rozier, um, you know, Jerry and Grant being another plug and play point guard who is an expiring contract. So, you know, doesn't, doesn't hurt your cap space moving forward. Um, but you know, it just gives you it gives you that kind of luxury. I think Phoenix would also definitely be interested. Um, Jawan, what were your thoughts on the Marcus Smart signing of four years for fifty two million? I originally thought it was a crazy contract for Marcus Smart. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Then Luke, I saw something from Marcus Smart that completely wiped that away. I know you remember this game very well, Luke. Do you remember the game this year against the Houston Rockets where in the course of, I want to say, maybe 10, 15 seconds, Marcus Smart completely shifted the end of that game to pull out that win against the Rockets, a game that it looked like James Harden and the Rockets should have walked away with 
uh, but Marcus Smart, <clears throat> excuse me, on both ends. Uh, and then the, the two uh, char- um, charges that he got on James Harden to kind of steal the deal. Yeah, I was going to gonna say, is this the charge game? Yeah, yeah, say, yeah the charge that game. After, after I saw that, I said, there's no way you let a player like that walk. Uh, there's no way. You, you try to get that guy to stay with you because a guy that can do that, I mean, I've never seen James Harden that flustered. Marcus Smart is just such a dog, and that is just such a perfect organization for him. Uh, I'm glad that they figured out that, you know, they had to make it work because he is a really, really, really good piece. And um, and it, it, it's a nice backup because I look at it like this. Nick, you can correct me on the whole money situation. Um, let's say you guys do lose Kyrie. Marcus Smart, uh, it then shouldn't it free them up, Nick, to, to make Terry Rozier at least uh, a good enough offer to at least somewhat get him interested in staying? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, if for some reason Kyrie Irving walks and they still have Rozier on the roster, I totally think they promote him to the starting lineup, keep him, and then Marcus Smart just playing his same role, you know? Right. So, I mean, that's, that was a good insurance policy. Uh, and I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying Kyrie is. I'm just saying, in case he does, <clears throat> keeping smart uh, was important. And then it does give you the opportunity then to hold on to uh, Terry Rozier if need be. But like I said, Marcus Smart, man, that guy is a dog. And I, I just I uh, I follow a Boston um, Instagram page, Luke. So they had uh, post. They were saying like, oh, he's staying home. So they were showing some of his highlights, and they were showing that. And I was just like, yeah, no, you can't let that go. That was insane. Um, and it just spoke to how how well Marcus Smart plays under Brad Stevens. So Stevens obviously loved him. Ainge loved him enough to offer him uh, that, that I thought was a really crazy contract. Um, but I am glad he is still in Boston. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting, too, uh, if they – try to make a move to get out of the luxury tax. I think I, I want to say they're about $3 million into the luxury tax. Do they just go ahead and say, eh, screw it, we'll, we'll deal with it? Or I think you, we're going to get rid of Marcus Morris. I, I think you're correct. That's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, I think it makes the most sense. He's an expiring contract. I, he'll, I, I think he'll be relatively easy to move because of that. Um, I mean, I could see – a lot of various teams having interest in him. Um, it, it's just going to be whether, you know, they'll have the cap space to, to take on his contract. But, you know, and maybe it'll be a three-team deal. You know, maybe Marcus Morris will go somewhere. Somebody else will send something to the Kings. Uh, the Kings, you know, the Boston doesn't have to take anything back, and whoever get, is getting Marcus Morris sends something to the Kings, you know. Um, I could see something like that uh, playing out. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's definitely... If you're Houston, we'll, would you try that? Ooh, and Ryan yes. Absolutely, I would try that. Get Marcus Morris, and then Celtics just be Celtics. That's a $15 million difference on Ryan Anderson and Marcus Morris, though. Like, Yeah, but I'm just saying, but Sacramento can take that on. I know it's a $15 million. Yeah, they can. It, you would just have to... You, I, I don't know if I would take on fifteen million dollars for you know the number twenty eight overall pick. Maybe, um, I mean, fuck, uh, that's almost exactly what uh, Toronto and uh, Brooklyn did last year. Brooklyn um, 
took on Damari Carroll's $15.5 million contract in exchange for, like, Justin Hamilton's $3 million contract. So um, pretty close there in the numbers. So maybe like maybe that could work, um, and that would be awesome for the Rockets. Um, and if you're Boston and you just didn't have to give anything up, like, um, you know, I think I think you'd be fine with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would totally do that. Maybe um, – you know, maybe they could take – I would probably, if if I'm the Kings, I would say we'll take on Ryan Anderson for two years, um, but you got to take back Costa Kufus because we don't need him, you know, just just so we're not taking on so much fucking salary. Um, and that would still be cutting salary for the Rockets too. So, um, But, yeah, interesting. I, I, I could see that working out. What would be funny is if they made that deal, um, like, you know, after they signed Mallow and then it was like – yeah, Melo. You know, you know, we said uh, you were gonna start, but you know, like we're we're, we're gonna start Marcus Morris now because you know he plays a thing called defense. So, um, I could totally see that happening because uh, I would much rather have Marcus Morris in my starting lineup than Carmelo Anthony, um, just honestly. Uh, but anyway, guys, one more topic, and then we are out for the night. I am tired. I need some rest. Uh. The Philadelphia 76ers <clears throat> attempted to pry Daryl Morey from the Houston Rockets. We've been very uh, smooth with our transitions uh, today, uh, but were rebuffed by the Houston GM. Um, this is really interesting for a lot of reasons. The the biggest one being Daryl Morey was like a like a apprentice, if you will. So Sam Hinkie, like Sam Hinkie, like uh, like Daryl Morey worked for Hinkie, um, like uh, uh, like before Morey got you know got a job um, being a GM uh, of his own. So like the fact that they're like they still like they they can't go hire Hinkie, but they obviously want someone like Hinkie uh, is is really amusing. Like. Like, dude, just say fuck you, Adam Silver. Go sign Hinky. Like, dude, like, we all know that's what you should do, Philly. Just go fucking do it. Like, who cares what the optics are? Like, let it. Let the man come back and complete the process. And uh, that's 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 what I think they should do. Um, but anyway, uh, I I do think that uh, Daryl Morey. I, I give him props because I, Philly would definitely hold better job security and would be better long-term. And if I had to guess, they were probably offering him more money um, because you're not even going to get a start to that conversation without that. Um, so props to Daryl Morey as far as just being like, no, I'm I'm comfortable where I am. I like being the GM for the Rockets. Like, we have a good rapport. I'm not trying to screw that up. Um you know, y'all go ahead and, and you know find somebody else. Um, it's kind of rare that you get that in today's day and age. So, like, I think that's super cool uh, on Daryl Morey's part um, to you know stick stick with the team that he's he started to build um, and not kind of cut and run. Um, you know, when things aren't looking aren't looking the best as of late, uh, with you know a reason Bamute leaving. Um, you know, he's going to stick it out and he's going to try to try to finish what he started in and, and I, I very much admire that. Um, but Luke, what were your thoughts on, uh, 
Philly trying to entice Daryl Morey to be their GM and essentially him turning it down. I don't know, I love that. I mean, you you hit it. I mean, I think it's hilarious that they're just like, yo, uh, let's go get um, a boy that, like, you know, played under who we really want to be our GM, but we can't. <laughs> the fans want Hinky back. I mean, why mm-hmm. don't you just take him back? So I think it's just funny that they're like, let's go get Murray, who who might, you know, consider it. But like you said, I'm glad he's safe. He might regret this, you know, two years from now when that team's really on its downskirts and, like, Chris Paul is really old. But, you know, for right now, um, you know, uh, it was it was cool of him to stay with his team, want to see what he just did, you know. He put a lot of commitment into Chris Paul, so I think he was, you know, doing due diligence to players that he just uh, – like told to resign and all that. He should get Clint Capella back. I think he could play this off being like, sorry, Clint, this has been what's bogging me right now. You know, Sixers are trying to get me, but I'm staying with the contract going to be. But I like that he stayed. I think it's funny for the Sixers that they would even try to do that. Um, but if I'm the Sixers, uh, I would stand pat for one more year. I would just let um, – I can't think of the coach's name right now um, – Brown run the Brett team Brown. and yeah. just do Yeah, but Brett Brown run it. And I'd wait and maybe steal a guy that you are a big fan of, but Sean Marks from the net and see what he can do real quick. Cause huh? he's actually a very young GM that's been doing some decent good things with the Nets. Uh, you know, yeah. position, get him two match contracts next year and weaving and deaving, like getting first round picks and all that. Finally got like, I would kind of, you know, that's a young up-and-coming GM. I'd, I'd stand pat with Brett Brown and be like, you know, we didn't get a guy. We can't get Sam Hinkie back because then we just really look stupid even though that would complete the process. So I would wait, you know, and maybe see what Sean can do and, and, and out there. But I just think it's it's just too funny that the guy that you're just getting called out for the first year, because you haven't heard anything on that front in a while that it's, it's a, a hinky a protege. Just that, that's yeah. where you were trying to go with this one. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very amusing in that respect. Um I like that uh Sean Marks idea. That's that's very interesting. Um and I agree with you to a certain extent. I think you've already gotten through um, you know, the bulk of everything. You've made your signings, you made your draft picks, you made a trade in the draft, you made a couple other trades and including this Mascala trade. Um it seems like Brett Brown has got a hold on it. He can hold down the fort. I think the biggest thing is you want to have somebody in place come next off season so you can make your best pitches to, you know, your Kawhi Leonard's, your Jimmy Butler, you know, those type of players. Because that's – and honestly, like, if I'm if I'm the Sixers, like, the guy that I really want the most is Jimmy Butler. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is obviously better, um, but Jimmy Butler is just, like – He's just that guy. Like, I think he would fit in great with that team. I think he would just get along so well with a guy like Joel Embiid. Um, and the fact that he brings, you know, that defensive-minded element to the table. Um, so, that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing that I think they should be looking towards is let me get a guy who, um, you know, is going to be able to make a pitch to, you know, these big-name free agents so we can really try to get one because – Next year's their last year to do it. Like after next year, that's their their cap space is going to be gone because 
um, you know, then you're dealing the following year, you're dealing with having to re-sign all of those rookie contracts, um, like Ben Simmons, Dario Saric, and they just, they won't have that that max money anymore. So they really need to to pull it off next season. Otherwise, you know, that, that's it. They won't be able to. So, um, but for the time being, they I do. would have no problem with Brett Brown. You know, keeping the GM job. Uh, you know, um, and just take your time. You don't have to rush to find somebody. They do have Joel Embiid there too, who is going to be a good recruiter. So that that's a, yeah. also a plus thing to wait it out. Like you're saying, like you do want a GM to make a pitch, but no matter. I mean, I mean, if I'm J- Jimmy Butler and Joel, I mean, if I'm Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler's in front of me. I mean, like first off, I always dogged on your boy Cat. I've called him out every game I played him that he's a scrub. I actually have motivation. I'm like that guy that I'm going to live it up to the potential. Really good at defense, man. I mean, he didn't work for him, but, dude, come play with me and we will get this solved. So, that right there, if I'm Butler, I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't care about a GM. Like, Joel, you got me signed. Like, Ben, don't even yeah. open up your yeah. mouth. You could just give me a couple assists, but Joel Embiid's going to, like, I think he can recruit. Like, that's one thing that Sixers have nice is he's very vocal. I, I like yeah. his personality, and I think Joel Embiid can do it if they want to wait a little bit to get that that GM that they really want. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, of course, like, I mean, the, the courting process can start as soon as this season, but, um, but you know, obviously this is going to be taking place, you know, a little less than a year from now. Um, but uh, I also think just that the tag team, the social media tag team of Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler, like on the same team, like them cutting up on, on, on Twitter, like, you know, shooting shit back and forth to one another, uh, trash talking other other players and like all of the above, dude. I I like wasn't it <clears throat> wasn't it Jimmy Butler who um like sent sent like a shout out to Jeff Teague for like running the fuck over Ricky Rubio. Like wasn't that Butler who was like I see you you know I see you Jeff Teague like good on you for like just essentially tackling Ricky Rubio <laughs> like um like yeah like I. And then, of course, I mean, Embiid, God, he's always got his antics. So, um, yeah, that would be that would be a dynamic duo. Um, that would be a lot of fun, and he would kind of complete their big three. And then, you know, you'd have your your very good role players of Saric and and uh, Covington. But anyway, we're kind of getting sidetracked. Um, Jawan, what are your thoughts on Philly uh, trying to go after the Rockets' GM? Uh, and, you know, it essentially, uh, you know, not ended up panning out? Uh, I think it's hilarious. Um, mainly <laughs> because it's like, it's like, why? I mean, no, not why. I get why you're going after him, but what did you think, like, the Rockets were just in the Western Conference Finals. Philly was out, I believe, in the second round. Why would you think he would leave where he's at now to come to you. I mean, it's not like James Harden's like 33. Like, I mean, he, he can still try to create Chris something Paul is there. 33. And, right. Actually, but he's 34. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think any of us thought Chris Paul was the long-term solution for this team. I think we all thought it was more so like this year, if at all, would be the time that Chris Paul would like definitively make the difference on whether or not this team can make it to the finals. 
Um, but, you know, you got a player like James Harden, and it doesn't seem like people don't want to go to Houston. Um, I haven't seen them really, excuse me, um, try to lure in, like, any huge, huge, huge free agents. I, I'd look more for this upcoming, you know, not, after this upcoming season and then the year after, see what they could try to do free agency-wise. Uh, but they definitely got to get out of that Ryan Anderson, like, like immediately. It, it, it's actually going to be fun to see who gets rid of their horrible contract first, the Knicks with Noah or the uh, Rockets with um, uh, Anderson. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I would I don't bet know. the Rockets I, with Anderson. I would 100% bet that. Uh, mainly hey, Noah actually might keep... play for you guys this year, too. Him and uh, hey, 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 Mr. Luke, Staffman Luke. might actually work out. Luke. I thought we were friends. Why are you saying such mean things? I, I, I don't get that. Right? Hey, once upon a time, Noah, he was a go-hard, great player for the Bulls. I'm not saying he's still that player, but Fitzdale could get the best out of him. And That's then what I'm happened? So you I mean, got a he, good coach. he got Thibodeau. Time out. <laughs> time out, Luke. He could. You know who else could get the best out of him? Brad Stevens. But I don't see you eager to make a trade for Joe Key Noah. You take him. I don't want him. <laughs> Well, I didn't, we, we didn't give him that contract. I'm just trying to say. Okay. He could be serviceable to you guys. I'm just trying to say. He, he could be serviceable. He could, with the, yeah. with the injured Luke's stuff, over here he like, yeah, we picked, we picked the right big from the University of Florida. Thank you very much. Right, yeah. Luke, Luke's like, we make smart decisions over here. Yeah, I get it, Luke. All I'm saying is I don't want him. I don't want that contract. I want to be free of that Noah contract. If he was cheaper, sure. Yeah, I'd keep him. See what he could give Fizdale. But at that price tag, nah. Now, he'd have to come back and be Defensive Player of the Year for me to ever feel right about him having that large of a contract. And I think we all know that's not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I would think just, it's just funny. That, if, if I were that you, I would just want him to be, like, a viable starting center. Like, that's all I want. Like, not even, like, <laughs> great. Accept, like, right. just give me, give me, like, give me Robin Lopez numbers, bro. Like, just. Just thirteen and seven, you know. Like I ain't asking for the moon. Like, come on. <laughs> or, or I'll say this: if he could be just a a really good defensive anchor, um, yeah, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. I could live with that. Um, but again, the reason why I also don't like having Noah Luke is Mitchell Robinson. And now that we brought back in Enos Cantor, it's like I don't want minutes to go to anybody. Uh, else but Mitchell Robinson outside of cancer. So it's sure. like if Noah does come back and he does play pretty well, it's like, no, 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 those minutes aren't for you. <laughs> those are for Robinson. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like it's, it's, it's a center overload. Like we got rid of Hernan Gomez, O'Quinn left. I'm really hoping we can buy out Noah or Noah just goes somewhere else because uh, Mitchell Robinson is definitely who needs to be getting all of those minutes. Hey, can I cut um, in real that, quick off topic? Yeah, go ahead. Good. Um, breaking, I know you wanted to end this. Cavs could trade Kyle Korver to 76ers for Jared Bayless. Uh, Philadelphia Inquiry just Philadelphia Inquiry just tweeted that out. Hey, that's where he started There's his career. Your I love it. There's your shooter for it. Sixers that you lost so many of them that you need some shooting. So I like that. But I, I like, like it. That. I like it in the sense ahead, of man. this season. My only problem with it is He's on a two-year deal, um, and I would have to look at the numbers, but I don't believe that would allow you to sign a max player next year. I think that $7 million would infringe upon that ability. 
Well, I, I do think Kyle Korver is a guy that, that, that's movable. I mean, he's still serviceable within the league, so I'm sure somebody would be willing uh, to, to make a trade for him. So, I mean, and it, it's Lord not, knows it's you got enough assets to where it wouldn't be difficult. Right. Yeah, it's not, it's not a horrible situation to be in. You can still move him if necessary. Um, but I was thinking, because they still got Reddick, right? Reddick is still there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Reddick came back. Yeah, I was just thinking – I was just thinking how dangerous the Sixers could be just coming off screens, just those two guys. Like, Embiid setting oh, yeah. screens and getting those guys, those wide-open threes. I tell you what, Corver, Corver and Reddick, they're really going to show their worth come playoff time next year. I, I'm, 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 like I said, my money is on the Sixers to be that number two team in the East uh, now that LeBron's gone. I really think that team's going to do so much damage. Uh, and, and we were saying earlier – the Raptors could possibly be number three. Nick, I don't know, man. Every day I keep thinking about the Pacers and keep seeing Oladipo working out. I keep thinking it might be Celtics, Sixers, Pacers, then Raptors. I'm sorry. It sounds insane. But right now, that's what I'm going with is my top four. No, I mean, I agree with you there, dude. Indiana's looking good. They made some good strides. This might be the biggest, like, the most depth team Oladipo's ever played on. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and I, I would totally I, I, I agree you with what. you had the Raptors stood pat. Um, but the Kawhi deal, I mean, like we've said, like if Kawhi can be 80% of, of what he was, like maybe less than that, he, I still feel like that's going to be the top, top three at least. No, I, I, I don't disagree. With you. My, my biggest issue with, with the whole Kawhi thing is that there's too many question marks around him and around the team, I could look at I yeah. could look at Boston Sixers and Indiana and go, no, I know what to expect from those two teams. Sure. I know what I hope for Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors, but they're always a team that I have to see do it to believe it. Um, I have faith in Pacers because of how well they played and the fact that if it wasn't for the fact that LeBron James is one of the greatest to ever lace shoes, Pacers could have taken that series. Um, you look at Boston, who's getting a healthy Kyrie and a healthy Gordon Hayward. You look at Sixers, another year for Ben and Embiid, uh, another year under their belt. I don't know, man. It's just hard to it's hard to go against those guys. I'm sorry. Okay. They're just so young yeah. and hungry. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, Luke, uh, what do you think about the Sixers potentially getting Corver? Like I said, I mean, being a Celtics fan, I hate it. But being like a true <laughs> basketball like and like fan, I mean, it's a great thing for the 76ers. You just lost the two people who were the best three-point shooters off the bench for you, and Bellinelli and Irsan, and you kind of lost out in a three-point shooter. And um, I'm going to butcher that guy's name. That, the Elite. That, yeah, that now might be going to Sacramento, which I think that's hilarious that Sacramento won out over you Sixers. But, no, you're getting a guy, Kyle Korver, who can hit a three. I mean, he can still shoot at a very high level. Like you said, running off screens with Embiid and all that and Simmons be able to give him the ball, it's, it's going to be a nightmare for some people if they can pull this trade off, especially Cavs only getting back Jared Bayless. I'm sure they might be getting back something like a oh, they're getting back yeah, yeah, you know the Seventy Sixers uh, got plenty of second round picks, so they might throw in like yeah. two of them to make it make it look pretty. But yes. yeah, great, great pickup for the Sixers. Like we said, just talking about what they should do with their GM thing. Just stand pat. Obviously, Brett Brown knows what he's doing, dude. I mean, yeah, let him let him figure this out. He could possibly get you 
that big free agent with Joel Embiid next year, and then if you really want him to just focus on being a coach, get yourself a GM. Absolutely. I'm going to venture to say that, it, like, if I had to guess, the um, the the trade will be centered around uh, a couple 2019 second-round picks. Like, they, they made the – Sixers made some acquisitions. They traded some picks to get future picks and, and different things like that in this year's draft just because they don't have room for these guys, um, like on their ever-expanding roster. Uh, and they have Chicago's 2019 uh, second-round pick. They have the second-round pick from Milwaukee or Sacramento, whichever is more favorable, so Sacramento. Um so they, they have both of those 2019 second-rounders. I would imagine it will probably be one of those, if not both of those, um, for you know to, to get that deal done. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, obviously, um, you know, the Clippers – or the Clippers. The Cavaliers will be doing this just for draft picks because Lord knows they don't need another point guard. They already have three of them. Um, but uh, my guess is they may even waive Bayless. But I – I still contend they could trade George Hill. So, um, obviously, we threw out that, that Kevin Love Phoenix deal that involved George Hill last week. But um, he's essentially an expiring contract, so he has value. Um, I, I definitely could see them trading him uh, to a team who really covets an expiring contract. So, we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. But, uh, anyway, great show, fellas. Uh, we will be back Monday probably 9 o'clock, we usually do 9 o'clock, uh, bumped it up to 8.30 today because I uh, have been up since 6 a.m. and have to wake up at 6 a.m. tomorrow, but c'est la vie. Uh, anyway, uh, Luke, as always, man, thanks for joining us, uh, and we will uh, catch you next week sometime, hopefully Monday, maybe Thursday, uh, but whenever. Uh, thanks for uh, being on the show, man. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Peace out, y'all. Peace, man. Uh, Juwan, what we got coming up uh, for the week? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Stay tuned. We have so much Comic-Con stuff coming tomorrow nice. and Saturday. Uh, Saturday is DC, uh, Warner Brothers DC Day, like all day. Um, so we'll be getting a whole lot of information. Aquaman, Wonder Woman 84, um, Shazam, uh, trailers for two of them, a teaser for one of them. So a lot of stuff is coming down the pipeline. Uh, so stay tuned. Anything else uh, is not 100%, so we'll wait on it. But that's the biggest thing uh, so far. And stay tuned for Geek Vibes Live Sunday. Yes, indeed. By the way, I saw – I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I'm going to tease this uh, for our audience. I saw that uh, the most recent top ten was the top ten best or greatest horror movies. Question. Yes, sir. What ended up being number one? That I was not on that show. I had to work late. Um, I haven't uh, got the chance to. Alas, there was a, there we was do a not mishap. know. Yeah, there was a mishap and it got deleted, so I didn't even get a chance to to listen to it. Uh, I had to go oh, re put it on there. No, it's it's back on there. I got it fixed, oh, but good. I haven't had a good chance digging. to go back and listen to it yet. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. so it is back on there. All right, well, we're then we both need to go listen to it so we can get to the bottom of this, and our viewers should do the same thing. Like, who doesn't love horror movies? And Top Ten, uh, another one of our great shows. I thought it was a great topic. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that The Shining made the list, but I'm doubtful. I, I feel like 
that might be a little too heady. Um, but that is the greatest horror movie of all time is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Uh, I will fight yeah. anybody who says otherwise. Not not physically. I'll just I'll just tell you you're wrong. <laughs> uh, but because uh, but, that's me way man. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, everyone stay tuned for uh, all of that and go check out top ten uh, most recent show. Uh, and uh, you can check out any of our shows. Just go to Geek Vibes Live, uh, or excuse me, Geek Vibes Nation, uh, where you can check out Geek Vibes Live and all of our other shows. Uh, and we will see you uh, next Monday at 9 o'clock for another episode of Full Court Press. And we will see you this Sunday at 8 o'clock for Geek Vibes Live. Until then, peace. Peace.